Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. Well, I'm going to be starting today um, with a new series. I thought we finished the end of the year with a series, which was called Rewind. And I thought I'd start off and kick off the year with another series over three weeks. And uh, this, this series is called Waymakers. It's about moving forward, really. So we've gone behind. Now we're going to move forward. How many of you want to move forward in 2019? See what, everything God has got for you. And um, so the, I titled this series Waymakers. Uh, I didn't title it Waymaker because Waymaker is something that when we, everyone loves that song, the Waymaker Miracle Worker. We love that. But I didn't title it Waymaker because I believe that every one of us as Christians, we often get into a place where we, we want to believe God to make ways for us and to do things in our lives and miraculously. And, and, I, and I believe that, but I actually believe that God is a person who wants you also to be a way maker. So I think sometimes it's a responsibility on us to be way makers and not just expect him to make a way all the time. Amen. Sometimes we've got to be part of making a way for God to move in our lives, for more of Him in our lives. I don't know about you, but as I move into this new year, I want God to touch my life more. I want Him, the Holy Spirit, to be more in my life than He was last year. I want to give more room to the Holy Ghost. I don't want to just go through the systems. We don't want to just go through these routines of the same things. I want God to touch this church, touch our lives, touch our families, and touch our city. Amen? And, uh, and, and what we want from that is a yielding to the Holy Spirit. And a yielding to what He wants and His directions. You know, it's funny you mentioned the gym. I just start the gym. I've never been to the gym all my life. Some of you are laughing. Isn't it? It's, do you know what I found about it is that I got a free pass to start with. So the membership was free to start with, but then you have to join. And so I went on this free pass because I really wanted to start getting fit a little bit. And so I went in this place. They said, we'll give you a program. We'll show you what to do. And I realized that in that place, there's a lot of people. You meet people in the gym, just like Steve did. And you meet people and they've got it all together. Amen. And you feel like you haven't got it together. I mean, I was trying to work out how to use the things, the machines. But I went in this place and I realized something very quickly that they can give you a program. They can tell you what you need to do to achieve something, but you have to do it. That's the problem I don't like about the gym. I mean, I want the result without having to do anything. No pain, no gain. That's what they say. And so I realized that as a Christian, if God is a way maker, if he is one who is a miracle worker, if he is one who gives me the ability to, to have a supernatural influence in my life to change things, he's going to give me a program. But he's going to want me to do some things to make that happen. And I believe that some of us here today need to open up and be ready for God to move in our lives even more than he has before. We've got to be ready for what he wants. You know, John the Baptist is one of the greatest waymakers I know in the Bible. He makes a way for Jesus to come. Isn't that amazing that God uses people 
to make a way for Jesus. Wow. Isn't that amazing that he would choose you and me to accomplish what he wants to do in this world today. And that's exciting for you today because you don't need a New Year's resolution. What you need to do is get into the will of God and understand what is he purpose for you this year. What does he want you to do? What, how, can I, how can I be a way maker to achieve God's plan and purpose in the city of Cambridge, in my family, in my life, in my church? Amen. And I'm excited that today that we can be waymakers. It says this, John replies when the priests and the Levites come and ask John, who are you? Who are you? He says this, in the words of Isaiah the prophet, so he refers back to Isaiah 40, he says, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Around 700 years before John's ministry, that was written. This prophecy was written about one who would come. And he says, I am that way maker. I am the voice that was written about all those years ago. And let's just look what it says. Because this is what he's saying, I'm fulfilling. I'm, I'm going to be a way maker to fulfill those prophetic words. In Isaiah 40, verse 3 through to 5, this is what he's referring to. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Who wants to make a highway for Jesus in this house? Every valley, listen, this is the result. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places are plain. And listen to this. The glory, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Wow. Who wants the glory of God to be revealed in this house? I do. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When that prophecy was written, John the Baptist comes along in John 1, 23. And he effectively says this. I am the fulfillment of Isaiah 40. I am the one, I'm the one who's going to make a way because I'm going to make a way for one who's coming after me to come. And when he comes, things are going to change. There's going to be a change to the spiritual landscape and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Can I say that when you become a way maker, when your life becomes something that you want to be a sacrifice for God to work upon, God will use you. He will flow through you. You will be a highway and a conduit for him. That's what I believe he wants from us this year. I don't know about you. If you were around in this church towards the end of the year, God was beginning to move. If you think that was the end of it, that's just the beginning of it. And God is doing something. God is up to something, but he needs our hearts ready. He needs us to be ready and to welcome him in our lives even more. I, I was just the other week, I was with the kids and we drove off at Tesco's on the A14 and I came back to get on the motorway and I realized I couldn't get on the same way that I came off. And it's because they're doing these major roadworks to widen the highway. How many of you know that when you widen things and you increase capacity for God in your life, it may cause disruption in other areas? 
You see, I, I realized that I was taking detours and I was following all these cones and the kids were saying to me, Dad, where are we going? And I'm, I'm, like, I'm just trying to get back on the motorway. And I realized that when work needs to be done in our lives to increase the capacity, increase the highway for God to flow more, disruption occurs. You have to get rid of some things. I feel sorry for all those restaurants and garages that are going to get bulldozed down. Things have to go sometimes so that God can widen the highway to increase what he wants to do in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for him to widen my highway. And that might mean for you losing some things that were profitable to you. Losing some things that meant a lot to you. Giving away some things so that God can do what he wants to do. How many of you want more of Jesus? Hallelujah. The glory of God would be revealed. I want to just start. That's just kind of kicking off and laying a foundation for this. But this first week, the title is Making Room for More. Making room for more. I want to look at Matthew 21 at the story of Palm Sunday. So I'm, I'm jumping ahead. If you, go in, if you go in some of the shops at the moment, it won't be long till you see the Easter eggs, will it? You know, they, as soon as they've packed away the advent calendars, that's it. Out come the Easter eggs. Or next it'll be Valentine's Day, something. But I'm going to jump you ahead here a little bit to Easter because I want to take you to Palm Sunday because Palm Sunday in the Bible was a story when Jesus enters Jerusalem as king. And there is a dynamic of people who want him to come and some who don't want him as king. And, um, and I want to read this story because I really believe it helps us to understand what happens when we welcome Jesus as king in our lives and welcome more of his presence into our lives. Amen? Verse 1, it says this, As they approached Jerusalem... And came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers, the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, And the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. 
They were indignant. How many of you know that there can be two responses to God moving? You can either become indignant and angry or you can be expectant. And I find it amazing in this story, and I'm just going to unpack some of this stuff, but I find it amazing that you see such a dynamic of different responses to Jesus coming as king and Jesus coming and touching people's lives. And some of them get angry and some of them want Jesus. And and I don't know where you're at today, but sometimes you can be in church. You can be in church sometimes and you're just a part of the furniture, but actually you can get angry if God starts to do things that you don't like. And I want to encourage you this year, we've got to get expectant for God to come in and do things that we didn't expect. We've got to expect the, 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 the unexpected. We've got to expect that God is going to start to move in a different way to what you think he's going to move. Because let me remind you, God is not fitting into your box. He's not fitting into your ideal of how you want him to be. Because God is bigger than you. He's bigger than me. And sometimes we've got to realize that we're just a small speck on this earth. And that God has a plan and a purpose for this place. And I don't want to hinder that by becoming religious. I want to move of the Holy Spirit. I want us to move into a season where we yield to what He wants. And not get worried when things just get a little bit messy sometimes. He enters Jerusalem as king. This was a scene of of high praise and and worship. They're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. And this is fulfilling a prophecy from, once again, from Zechariah 9 verse 9. Which describes this king coming on a donkey. Some of them didn't want him, some did. I want to ask you today, do you really want Jesus to touch your life? And to take hold of you. And to let his fire burn in you. Because I know I do. And I, I, don't, I want to make a decision right from the outset. It's time for us to push ourselves in our capacity. It's time to go to the gym with God and say, God, stretch me, build me, take me to the next level. In Luke chapter 19, verse 33, the same account of this story, it says that when they began to praise Jesus, it says that the Pharisees said, will you rebuke your disciples? They're getting a little bit too rowdy. They're stretching themselves a little bit too much. This is not within our capacity. We don't want this. This is not what we thought it would be like. Jesus says, if they don't cry out, The stones will have to cry out. Now, I don't want to be responsible as a church leader when I meet Jesus that I didn't let our hearts cry out to God and we let the stones cry out instead. I want to be someone that says we were ones who were pushing the boundaries. We were ones who were hungry to say we want the the presence of God in our lives. And let me tell you, when the fire of God gets on you, When the fire of the Holy Ghost gets on you, you will turn from a stone to a fire. Look, if if God can make bushes burn and they don't consume, He can make you burn and you won't consume. You will keep burning and burning. And He can make something that looks like it shouldn't burn like a stone cry out with fire. I really believe that God wants to do this in your life. 
He wants to move more in this place in your life. I've put it, you can choose to be deeply affected by the presence of God or deeply offended by it. You've got a choice. You can be offended or affected. And I want to say today, God, affect me. Affect my life. I don't want to be offended when the fire of God moves in our vicinity, in our lives, in this church. It's time to break free from our religiosity. It's time to break free from the systems, the patterns, and make way for the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, come. I pray now, as we begin this year, Lord, let your Spirit come in this house like we've never known it before. I say it many times. We put out the red carpet for the Holy Spirit to come and move in this house. I've got a few things I just want to bring. Number one is this, that when we allow the Holy Spirit more room, purpose is released. True, real purpose in your life is released. Some people go to church every week just because they're ticking the box of a religious system. But I want to take you to another level now. Because it's time to move to a place where you understand you have a purpose, you are designed, you are a way maker, you are someone like John the Baptist, and God has predefined a plan for your life. There is no accident that you're sat here today. There's no accident that if you were in a gym and someone called you to come here today, there's no accident because God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you to be a way maker, to be a world changer, to be a a, a changer in this city. And I don't know where, where you're at today, but I'm excited that God has a purpose for me. Individually, every one of you right now, There is purpose predefined for you. Do you know what I love? I'm going to just look at this now. In Matthew 21 verse 1, the story I've just read. Jesus is walking towards Jerusalem. He gets to this place called Bethpage, the Mount of Olives. And he stops. And then he sends his disciples ahead of him. And he says, when you get to this place, let's read it. Verse 2, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with a colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. When I read this, I thought, why did Jesus not go himself? Why did Jesus not go to the colt and say to the owners, I'm Jesus, I'm the Son of God. Can I have your donkey? Why did he have to send two ahead of him when he was already going to go in that direction? And I realized something that Jesus chooses people to do his work. It's no accident that in Luke 22, what was read earlier today, the same principle was read out exactly earlier. Because when he read it, I thought, wow, it's what I'm preaching on. The fact that he said, Jesus says, go ahead, you'll find a man with a water pitcher. Follow him up to the room, and then you'll find the guest room, and that's where you, that's the place, and everything was ready. And he says that they found it just as he said. Jesus loves to tell you to do things so you can be playing part of the story. He wants to use people. He doesn't want to do everything on his own. He wants you to be a way maker, so you become part of the plan. 
And so when, when they get this instruction, they say, what do we have to do? Well, you have to go down to this place. You have to find the donkey. He's going to be tied up there. And you're going to get him. If anyone asks you, this is what you're going to have to say. Let me just remind you today that the Holy Spirit will remind you what to say. He'll give you the things to say in your life. And so they go on this journey. And they find the donkey. Jesus is not with them. In person. They go down and they find this donkey. I want to encourage you today that God wants to use you to do things. He wants you to do things for him, with him. You play part of this big plan. They arrive there and they ask for the donkey. And it's interesting that the owners, as soon as they say what they have to say, the owners just give the donkey. And then they go back. What I find here is that purpose is released. Some of you right now are wondering, what do I need to do? What is the will of God for my life? Let me tell you, when you walk alongside Jesus, when he is close to you, when you're in communion with him, you get instructions from him and you play part in the big, big picture. You play a part. You see, do you get this? Just just think about this. When, they, when he instructed them to go and do this, there was a lot of things going on here. You can either look at that as, oh, that's a bit of a boring job. Why aren't you coming with me, Jesus? I don't want to do that. Or you can look at it like this. Wow, I am about to fulfill and play a part of Zechariah 9 verse 9. This is amazing. Uh, yes, Jesus, I understand this is the word, so I'm going to be part of that. And when they set off on their journey to find the donkey, what they were actually doing is taking some prophetic steps and walking into the fulfillment of what God had ordained. Hundreds of years before. You can either see things in your life right now in 2019 as just petty little things, just normal things in church. But let me tell you, when you're doing things for Jesus, do you realize you're fulfilling a prophetic plan for this church, this hour, this season, this city? I I love seeing uh, Kai on the door this morning. He said to me yesterday, he says, can I put on my Facebook that I work for Kings as a steward? I said, of course you can. Bless him. He was on the door, greeting me with a smile. He had his yellow jacket on. Do you know that Kai on the door, as he leads you into the car park, he is fulfilling a prophetic plan that God had ordained when he designed and thought about King's Church, Cambridge? Do you realize that that's what he's doing? Do you realize that when you do something and you help and you clean the toilets, when you do anything in this church, here he is, when you do anything in this church, you are fulfilling the plan of God for this city. So the next time you're a bit worried about whether I've got to clean the toilets or make a coffee or do anything in the church, if you're serving, just remember you're fulfilling a plan. (laughs) You're fulfilling a plan. And so they go. And they get the donkey. Let me just remind you of something today which is just so amazing. But not only people get involved in this prophetic plan, but donkeys do. If the donkey has a destiny, there's hope for you. If the donkey has a destiny, there's hope for you. Some of you today feel like a donkey. You feel... Like a donkey. 
You know, this, this story, if you think and you dig deep, this donkey is tied up, it says. From the day it was born, the owners use it. Probably every day they put things on its back. They used it to, to do different chores. And there it was every single day, feeding, drinking. Just another day. Just another day in donkey life. Just another day. And then they get, get up the next day. It's another day. And another day. And every day, if you think about it, for a donkey, it's pretty similar. I don't know if you feel like that sometimes, because I do. Every day can feel very similar to the last one. Sometimes we question, God, what are you doing in my life? I thought you had a plan and a purpose for me. I thought when I've been serving you that you were going to do this in my life, you're going to do that in my life, and things ain't changing. But let me tell you, from the day that that donkey was born, it might have had days sometimes where it thought, what am I here for? Until one day when two men came and walked up to it and untied this, and the owners said, what are you doing? And they said, the Lord needs it. And then they said, go then, and they let him go. And they took the donkey. Let me tell you, there is a day coming for you where God is going to release you. There's a day coming for you when you will turn from the mundane, but you've got to sometimes put up with the mundane. That God will release you when you're in His plan, when you have Him working through your life. The untie this donkey. And that donkey was not, you could say it was an insignificant animal. But that donkey was not insignificant. It was not insignificant. That donkey was fulfilling an age-old prophecy. From Zechariah 9.9. It had a prophetic word over its life. Come on, imagine that. Let's bring a donkey to Dwayne White. See what he does. If God can have a plan for a donkey, how much more can he have a plan for you? Come on. Some of you are saying, God doesn't, doesn't really love me. He's not really got a plan for my life. Yet he has. If he's got a plan for a donkey, he's got a plan for you. But do you know, some of us right now, what's happening is this. We're getting so used to the mundane, so used to the routine, so used to religi- religiosity that we've lost sight of the Spirit of God. We've lost sight of what God wants to do in our lives. So what we do is we focus on just doing the same thing every week. So what we do is we come to church and we're like someone who's led to be fed and watered and tied to a seat and that's all we're going to do every week because I'm just going to settle for religiosity. I'm just going to settle for being a donkey. I'm just going to settle for one who has got no real plan for their lives, but I'm happy that that person over there looks pretty released. They look happy. But for me, I'm just tied to my chair every week. I want to tell you today that God wants to release you from that religious mind so you become free to accomplish what He's purposed for you. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that? I put here that our insignificance has the potential to become God's greatest importance. What you think is insignificant is important to him. What you think in your life, you've told yourself, I'm just little old me. I'm just insignificant. I'm not like him over there or her over there. 
They seem to have got their plan sorted out. God's doing great things in their life. Let me tell you, every one of us in here are equal in God's plan. Not one person here is more special than another. And so you've got to understand today that God really does have a plan. He's got a destiny for you. It says this in Luke 19, verse 33 to 34, the account of the same story says, As they were loosening the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosening the colt? They said, The Lord has need of him. Can I just say, not only do you get fixed in religious systems every week, coming to church, ticking the boxes, you don't really grasp the spirit of God in your life. Sometimes what happens is this, Satan has become your owner through sin. And so actually what happens is you're bound and tied up because of sin. You come every week, you think, well, I guess I know that God has a plan for me. But I am tied up to this thing. Do you know what I find amazing about this story? That two people come and they bring a message that the Lord has need of the donkey. How many of you know that there is power in your words as a Christian to set people free? How many of you know that Jesus did not have to be there to loosen the cult, the donkey? How many of you know that Jesus gave authority to those two to go and untie the cult and to say the Lord has need of him? I want a message for you today. Satan has tried to grip some people with sin. He's trying to tie you up to addictions, trying to tie you up to things so the Spirit of God can't fulfill the plan of your life. But let me tell you, no matter how much there was something wrapped around that donkey's neck, there was always a plan. God loves you. He's a good, good father. He has a plan for your life. And even though you've got something tied around you waiting to be released, God says, I'm not going to let you stay there, son. I'm not going to let you stay there, daughter. Because I'm sending some of my people. And let me tell you today, I am that messenger from Jesus today. I'm a messenger that's bringing the word of God to tell you it's time to get loose. Come on. I'm the messenger to you today that's just the same, that's preaching the word of God that tells you it's time to get loose from that thinking. It's time to loosen yourself away. How many of you know that when they spoke the word, the authority, let the owner release them? Because let me tell you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So when you speak a word, when Jesus Christ speaks a word over your life, he has the power to take you from the grip of the one who owns you now in sin. He died on the cross for you. He shed his blood for you so that you can be set free. You can be set free free. Man, that donkey must have been happy. Woo! Come on. What's happening? You're going you're gonna to meet the Son of God. What? If donkeys could talk, eh? And, and, and this donkey becomes part of the picture. Do you know what? If I'd have been those two Maybe they didn't realize they were fulfilling such a a massive, massive prophetic thing. 
Don't look at things insignificant today and think that God isn't using these things in your life. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit is saying to people right now today, you feel like you're tied up. There may be things in your life now, habitual sin, things that you need to get rid of, that right now you're thinking, how am I going to do this? The Holy Spirit is speaking to you today and saying, just the same as what they said to that donkey, I need you. I need you. Jesus needs you. He has need of you. He needs you for his purpose, his plan. There are some people in this room, you have been given divine plans from God. Things that you want to do for God. And what's happened is routine has took you from that and now you feel locked in. It's time to release yourself today and say, God, I'm going to fulfill what you want for me. I'm going to fulfill the plan. I want more of you. I'm going to make more room for you in my life. I'm not going to be bound and limited by religiosity. But some of us, you know what we do? We, we wait for, we wait for the, the perfect conditions. The donkey wasn't in a great condition. It's just donkey life. And some of us, do you know what we do? You're tied up every day and you're waiting for the situation to change. You're waiting for the waymaker to come and set you free. But let me tell you, sometimes you've got to loose yourself. Sometimes you've got to loose yourself. There are things that he will set you free, but sometimes you've got to decide it's time to walk. It's time to leave this place. I'm going to be a waymaker. I'm going to be the one who puts to death the misdeeds of my body. I'm going to be the one who cuts these things off. So to be a waymaker is understanding that when you do, the waymaker will help you. But sometimes you've got to be a waymaker. Don't wait for those perfect conditions. You know, the other day I was, I went to, to Sainsbury's and, and I like coffee. If anyone knows, I, I really like coffee. And I went in there and I, I went to the shelf to this particular coffee, a brand I like, and it was on offer. It was in the sales. I thought, oh, they've got three packets left. And I thought, well, it'll last me. It's on offer. But one of, one of the three was in a poor condition. The vacuum had gone on the seal of the pack. But like me, if you're a northerner and you like a good deal, I, I spotted an, an opportunity to get discount. Anytime I see an opportunity. So I thought, what I'll do is I'll buy the two and then I'll go to the counter and I'll say, this one, the vacuum's gone. Can I have this a little bit cheaper? So I did. I went down to the till. She, she started putting them through. I goes, hang on, not, not that one. She said, what's the problem? I says, the vacuum's gone on that. I said, it's not as fresh as the others. Can I have a little bit more discount on this one, please? She says, oh, I need to ring my manager. I thought I didn't realize it was going to be this, this bad. So now she phones up the manager. The manager comes down to see me all over a packet of coffee. The manager comes down and there's a few people gathered around and they said, what's the problem? This, this coffee was only three pounds. So, you know, I, I don't know about you, but you know when you get so deep into something, you think you've just got to c- carry on? You can't just say, oh, I'm not really that bothered. Put the coffee back. So I, I, I carried on this journey, all for three pounds to save another one pound fifty. And so I said... This coffee is not as fresh as the others. Can I have a discount? And, uh, and, and she looked at me. She says, well, I'm sorry, sir. She goes, we can't do that. She goes, because if we sell this to you, 
it's not fit for purpose. I said, not fit for purpose. It's good enough for me. I'll enjoy that. I said, what do you mean it's not fit for She goes, if we gave it to you and something happened to you. I said, it's coffee. It's not a, it's not a gone off turkey. This is coffee. And I, I'm having this conversation with her. And she said, I'm sorry, we, we literally can't. I said, well, what will happen to that coffee? She says, we'll throw it away. I'm like, you throw it away? What a waste. I'm having this conversation with the manager and this this, this person at the till about the waste of a packet of coffee at three pounds. And I said, I, are you sure I can't buy this? She said, no, you can't. We're going to throw it away. I said, okay. So I bought the two and left the third. And then I noticed that the, the, the manager who was serving me had a, had a bandage on her, on her arm. And so I said, before I go, forget the coffee. I said, you've got a problem with your arm. What is it? And there, there in the middle of Sainsbury's, I prayed for the manager's arm. For the pain to go. This is the one who just told me I couldn't have the coffee. She said, uh, in fact, at one point I said, well, when I go to co-op, they've done this before. She goes, well, we're not co-op. <laughs> I thought, well, I've gathered that. What's the lesson in this, you're saying? Don't shop at Sainsbury's. <laughs> Sorry if you work there. No, it's a good place. The lesson is this. Some of you, right now, feel like you've got so locked in and tied up like that donkey. You feel like you've got so locked in and tied up that you have got tarnished by sin. And the, the things of life in, religious, in your religious ways, that now you've, in your view, have become unfit for its purpose. You've lost the ability to see in yourself that God has something special for you and greater and more in your life. So you, re- you resorted to attendance rather than pursuing his presence. Can I remind you that Jesus Christ paid the price for you while you were still a sinner. He paid the price for you while you were still a bag of coffee without a vacuum. He buys things that are rejects. He chooses things that don't have any any purpose in the natural eye. He chooses misfits. He chooses people that look a mess. He chooses things that don't look like they should have any purpose at all. He chooses donkeys. If he chooses those kind of people, then today I've got good news for you, friends. That however you feel while you're tied up, if you feel you're unfit for purpose for God, he says, I bought you while you were still a sinner. Thankfully, the owner couldn't say no because Satan had no power over what he was buying. Some of us are waiting for perfect conditions. We're waiting for God to do something in our lives and saying, I'll be released in this time. God will use me when that moment comes. Let me tell you, it's time to move on, people. I'm telling you today, the message is this. The Lord needs you. Untie yourself and get out of there. He needs to do more. Make room for more. I promise I'm coming to a close soon. I'm just excited. It's my first preach back. Listen. 
Some of us are waiting for this. We're waiting for the Esther moments, the Esther chapter 4 moments. We're waiting for God has given me a position for such a time as this. Now it feels like the perfect conditions. Now I feel like I'm not a donkey. I feel like I've been given a perfect plan. This is it. It all feels good. Let me tell you that when God brings you into his prophetic plan, it doesn't always feel good. I can be doing things for the Lord and I feel terrible. I can be in one of the worst, darkest seasons, but God is doing amazing things. Why? Because it's not about what you feel. It's not about the perfect conditions for you to be released. It's not about waiting for God to do something amazing in this. One Sunday, everything's just going to all fall into place. You come out of the front, one of the prayer team prays for you, and everything feels good. Let me tell you, it's not like that. I'm sorry, you're never going to have that day. You're going to have moments where God touches you, but you're never going to have that day. You've got to learn as a Christian to start to move forward, walking in the prophetic plan, even though you feel a bit rubbish sometimes. Come on. You've got to walk like that. Some of us are waiting for our Esther moments. We're waiting for, oh, what Mordecai, cousin Mordecai comes and says, you have been given a royal position for such a time as this. In In fact, if you look at the scripture, he's not even really sure. He says, maybe kind of thing. Maybe you have. Because Esther was in a place of position. She was in a place where she could potentially approach the king. It was dangerous. But she was, she was wearing, the, she's wearing the royal gear. She was all there ready. And some of you think that you can't do anything for God until you're in that perfect condition. Can I just remind you of something today? The donkey that was tied up in that place was in the perfect condition. He might not have looked like it, but he was. And let me tell you what that donkey was. He was in a royal position for such a time as that. Because he was about to take the king in for his coronation. Let me tell you, the donkey was in a royal position. He was in a royal position to be able to carry Jesus into Jerusalem as king. Of kings and lord of lords. You might not feel like you've got the perfect conditions right now. But Jesus wants you to know today, you don't have to feel like anything. You just got to know that when I use you, no matter how you feel, I'm using you. Because I've chose to use you. Because I love you and you're my child. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's purpose... Is found in our humility. It's not our capacity, our humility. And God is looking for people who are humble enough to say, Do you know what? I have got failures in my life. I'm a bit dirty. I'm messed up. I'm a donkey. But I'm not waiting for the perfect conditions. I want God to do more in my life because I believe He can because of His grace. How many of you know that there's a message of grace in the Bible? That says to you, no matter what you've done wrong, he still loves you. No matter who you think you are, he has a plan for your life. He loves you. He died for you on the cross. He shed his blood for you. Wow. We sung that song, didn't we, earlier? Lost in wonder. I'm lost in wonder. I'm lost in wonder sometimes that God would use a misfit like me. 
Because I, I don't feel always that good. That he would choose to use me. I feel sometimes like a donkey. But can I just say something? When they brought the donkey back and they sit Jesus on it, that donkey, that insignificant thing, that animal, what did it become? A carrier of the presence. It became a carrier of God's presence. How amazing is that? The Bible says that he's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He's chosen you to be treasure in jars of clay. So that you can be a witness to the world. Even though your pot's cracked, there is treasure inside. Because he chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. He chooses things and he chooses a donkey instead of a stallion. He chooses a donkey that is a sign of peace rather than a sign of war. That when this donkey comes in, people see that he will choose the the weakest things of the world to carry his presence. The God, the creator of the universe was sat on the back of that donkey. If he's got a plan for a donkey, he's got a plan for you and a purpose. If anyone wants a good hashtag, I've written one down. I'm more than just the donkey. And people get confused by that one as well. Wow, I need to move quick. Number two is this. Places are stirred when the Holy Spirit comes. Not only purpose is revealed in your life, but places are stirred. It says this. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, verse 10, the whole city, listen, the whole city was stirred. They said, who is this? I think it's time for us as a church that when we welcome the Holy Spirit, when we make a highway for him to come in our meetings and to do things, and as we go out and do evangelism in this year and we do things for Jesus, I think it's time that people start asking the question, who is Jesus rather than where is the church? What's the church for? What's its purpose today? No, who is this that is shaking my life? Who is this that when I walk in this building, the presence is so strong that it shakes me? I don't want to know how the membership sign up is here. I just want to know who is this? How do, it's not about signing up to a membership. It's about who is this person? It says the city was stirred. When you make room and make a way for Jesus to come in, and it says that they put their cloaks, probably their prayer shawls, on the back of this donkey so that Jesus could sit on. They took off their garments of identity and they laid them on the path on the road. In other words, they said, we're going to make this path for you. We're going to make a way for you. We're going to be the ones who make the way into Jerusalem. We'll lay down our identity for you. While people were saying, you've got to keep these silent. Tell them to be quiet. And all the time, everyone who took a cloak off was declaring an allegiance to the king. 
Everyone who decided publicly in front of the Pharisees to take off their garment and lay it down was effectively saying, I believe he's a king. I think it's time for us to start losing our shame. To start losing what we think people will think of us if we tell them that we're a Christian and we're on fire for Jesus. It's time to lay your cloak down on the floor. It's time to put your identity underneath Jesus so that he sits on top and he is first and foremost above you. That he gets to walk on your life. I want him to walk on my life. I don't want to tell him this is what's happening. I want him to walk over me and to use me, consume me. Hallelujah. Cities are stood. Places are stood. Let me tell you, when God begins to move in this house, if we start to open up and let the Holy Spirit move, this place is going to get stirred. People are going to get touched by the power of God, the presence of God, And this place, it will be stirred. But I want to tell you today, what do you want? Do you want to come religiously every week, tied to a chair? Or do you want the presence of God? Do you want the Holy Ghost? Because I do. And you can find plenty of places that won't want that. Plenty of places that say they don't want to see God move. But I think it's time for us to say, God, have your way. Have your way. You know why? Because when you do, I believe people are going to get touched and it's going to affect your families. It's going to affect your families. It's going to affect your schools, young kids. Because I'm believing, and I was with Toye just before Christmas. We were just talking about believing God for treasure kids that God would just begin to pour out his spirit there as well in the kids. I believe God is going to do something special in the kids as well, in the youth. And I want this to affect our schools, our families, so that when you're at home, it's not about coming here on a Sunday and getting your fix. It's about the presence of God is always with you in every avenue of your life. It will touch every avenue of society. And I'm believing that God, in this year, there's going to be a change. And as we go out and do evangelism, we're going to start to shake this city. Why? Because the presence of God is going to increase so much. We're going to believe for bigger and greater in what God wants to do. Can I say, you know, we've got a new mosque coming up down the road. Everyone's like worried about the the mosque. And I'm not worried about the mosque because I want the mosque to ask us, who is Jesus? See, I'm not bothered whether they've got millions and millions of pounds to build a big building. Anyone can build a building. Anyone can get bricks and mortar and build anything. But I want people... To say, who is this person you're worshipping? Who is Jesus? Because your place is getting stirred and shaken. Something's happening. I'll tell you why. Because we don't rely on bricks and mortar. We rely on the King of Kings. We're going to have a great influence. Why? Not because of how big the building is, but how much the presence of God is moving. And I want that message to get out more than it ever has done before. That people start hearing that healings are taking place here. Miracles are taking place in this place. 
that the mosque, any place of another religion around this place, starts to hear a sound coming from this place that says, God is moving. And they say, who is this Jesus? Come on. That does not come from being religious. It comes from being open to the Spirit of God to move. Your best impression can't shake anything. Only a life surrendered to the fire of God. To the fire of God. From to take hold of you. It says this in Hebrews 12 verse 28 to 29. Therefore since we are receiving a kingdom. If you receive a kingdom there's a king. You've got to receive the king to get the kingdom. If we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It only shakes things up. It stirs things up. Let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. I've put here to see the kingdom of God in your life. You need to make Jesus the king of your life. If you want to see the kingdom, he's got to be the king. Jesus says this in Mark 8, 34. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross. Follow me. Finally today, as I come to close, when the Holy Spirit comes, people are changed. People are changed. Lives are changed dramatically. (laughs) They're changed dramatically. Do you know what I find amazing about this story? Is that Jesus is coming in on Palm Sunday. You You don't celebrate this at Easter that much, but he comes in. And they have this massive celebration. They put down their cloaks and they put down the palm trees and, and, and they're rejoicing, singing Hosanna. And they're coming in. You'd think it'd be an absolute celebration down at the temple. But what happens when he gets to the temple? It's almost like an anticlimax. He arrives there. And this is the second time in Jesus' ministry this happens. He overturns the tables. It's, the other is in John chapter 2, I think. But he overturns the tables... Of the money changers and the ones selling doves. So from this moment of absolute jubilee and celebration, Jesus arrives in the temple, sees them selling the doves, changing the money, and he starts to overturn tables, getting pretty angry. I find it amazing that they weren't even expectant for him. You can be serving God and not expectant for him to move, for him to even come in your life. And there they were, setting up these tables. And what I find amazing then is it says, just straight after that, it says that Jesus healed two people, some people. I find it amazing that there's a different response in that temple. Some are changing money. Some are selling doves. Do you know what those doves were for? They were for sacrifice. They were for sacrifice. These people were buying the doves for sacrifice. In fact, that was a cheaper sacrifice. You bought the dove, so people were going and buying these. They did not realize that the sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice was before them, and it wouldn't cost them. And some of us are coming to church, and what's happened is this. We've lost sight in our religiosity. We've gone and turned to another gospel that is not really a gospel at all. That is actually going back to religion. It's actually going back to the old sacrifice. It's actually going back to I've got to fulfill these commandments. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me. I need to change my money because it's going to cost me. 
And what you've done is you've set up this, this view in the temple in your life and you've set this view in church every week that actually I, it's all about me. I've just got to do this and I've got to fulfill these things in my life. And Jesus walks in and what he wants to do is he doesn't just come in and say, try and talk you around. He, he shifts those tables and he turns them. And we've gone from celebration to indignant. He's kind of getting all these things out of the way and saying, it's time to see me. You've turned this place into a den of robbers. It needs to be a house of prayer. And I want to encourage you today, some of you right now, you've got tables in your life, you've got agendas, you've got things and plans and things you've been setting up and you come every week and you, you say, this is, this, is what, this is what church is to me. I've just got to keep, keep fulfilling and ticking the boxes. You lost sight of the sacrifice. You lost sight of the fact that Jesus died for you. He set you free from the system. It's time to come back to him again. People have changed. You see, in all those people who are getting angry, it says they were angry with him. <laughs> they didn't like what he did. But I love it, the fact that even amongst those who were angry, people got healed. Some people today, they don't like what Jesus does. See, Jesus can be quite tough sometimes. When he wants to change things in our lives, he's here today maybe turning over tables in your life. Tables of doubt. Tables where you think, do you know what? You realize right now, you think, actually, I've lost sight of who Jesus really is. I've lost sight of the King. I've lost sight of Him. I've, I've made room for tables in my life rather than making room for Him. Jesus loves to get rid of that stuff. To declutter. Just the other week when Christmas is coming, we always end up having to get rid of toys from what they got last year because they don't play with them anymore. Sometimes they occupy space. There are things occupying your space right now. God is saying, it's time to let these things, let these things go and make room. Make room for me. What tables have you got in your life today? What tables have you got right now that God is trying to overturn, but you're holding them down? Say, no, no, I want that still. I want that still. That, that's mine. What cloaks are you holding on to of your identity that you are not willing to give him and lay down on the floor for him? What tables, what cloaks, what have you got that you're, you're holding on to? You know, when these people were selling, that, selling things and in that place, they had their agenda. Do you know people can come to church, set up their stall and have an agenda? And they've lost sight of God's purpose and plan. Lost sight of his purpose and plan. I want to encourage you today. God has a purpose, a plan for you. He wants to do more in your life than what he's doing already. Come on, let's just stand. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes we would love you to leave us some feedback God bless and goodbye